I am Stephen James Peterson, and this is the Raven Rising Podcast. Today's guest is Mark Nendick. Man, I just had so much fun with him that let's just get to the recording. I'll let him explain who he is, and wow, it was so much fun to have him on the show today. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you doing? I'm good, Stephen. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you very much for joining me for this. I really appreciate it a lot. Hey, so let's jump jump right into this. Tell people who you are. <laughs> okay, Stephen. Thank, I, first off, I want to say thanks a lot for the opportunity to talk to your guests. Uh, my name is Mark Nendick. I have a nutrition and fitness business named PFN Coaching. Uh, which stands for Priority Fitness and Nutrition. Uh, I've been doing it for about three years now, helped over 100 people lose a bunch of weight, uh, change their lifestyles. Uh, and that's kind of, that's what I do. I have a gym at my house with 60 members, which come to classes. You know, I have six classes a week I run. And then I'm also a family guy and a full-time job. So I'm a busy guy. <laughs> nice, nice. So, how... <clears throat> How long have you been doing this? You said three years that you've been doing the gym? Yeah, three years. So basically what happened is when I was about 25 years old, I got myself up to about 255 pounds. I'm six foot three. So I was, you know, drinking too much, eating too much. And uh, I went to a race, a five kilometer race, and I had to push a stroller with my baby in it. And I was drinking a Frappuccino and it was kind of like a turning point for me. I was like, enough is it. So I started on a weight loss journey myself, and obviously it wasn't overnight, it took a lot of work, but I just fell in love with it. And uh, once I figured out how to do it for myself, I felt like sharing that info. So I've taken, I'm a certified nutrition coach. I'm also a certified personal trainer. So nice. it's a passion and it's just something I love to do, you know, so it's, it's been great. I love the fact that I will scroll through my newsfeed and I see pictures of you or videos of you working out with the kettlebells and doing different things. Tell us more about the business that you're developing right now. So, yeah. So basically, you know, I did a, I went to a seminar, a Dolce diet seminar and became a certified nutrition coach and which is great. But then you get home and it's like, man, what do I do now? So luckily one of my good friends decided to be my first client and she had great results. And then it's just been rolling since then. So my, you know, my main focus is one-on-one -on -one clients, but I also, like I said, have a 600 square foot gym with 60 members and we just come in, we do circuit training and then that is branched off into a community. We have a community of over a hundred members on a private Facebook page where people share you know, they're running, they're snowshoeing, skiing, biking, you know, so I just trying to create a community of people that are all into the same thing. Nice. Nice. I love it. So I know that you're a member of the Game Changers Academy. Uh, how have you been leveraging that to help yourself or what, what aspects of that have you used to improve your business and your business model? Because I know it's an ongoing thing for everybody. 
Yeah, so the Game Changers Academy, for people that don't know, some of the people that I know for listening won't know much about it. It's an academy of a bunch of entrepreneurs from around the world all coming together, all different businesses, but basically like-minded people. And so the way it's helped me is that being around people that are striving, getting after it and supporting each other. You know, I'm luckily on your podcast. I've been on Tim Michaels podcast. Uh, I've met a bunch of people at a live event with Mark Lack. Um, So it just opened my mind and it's got rid of a lot of, I had some limiting beliefs. You know, you think of an idea, sounds great. It's like, holy crap, how am I going to do that? So Right, right. Yeah, being around people that will support you and believe in what you're doing uh, is amazing. So it's been a game changer for me, guaranteed. Nice, nice. So what else do you got going on that you're working on right now? Uh, So on top of the business, you know, I'm just looking to spread the word. Another thing I'm doing is... I live in a small town right now with about 7,000 people uh, and I'm looking to go online and do some online coaching. You know, there's 7 billion people in the world and I think there's a lot of people out there struggling with lifestyle, not really sure what to do. So I think there's a great demand for coaching and accountability and everything that I bring. And with, because I'm not a young guy, I'm 40 years old, so I have a lot of life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate to a lot of different people. I'm a fan. Like I said, I have a wife, been married for years. I just have a lot of different things to offer, people, I think, which is something I'm really. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I have been having a fun time watching you. And I really think that as this grows, that you'll definitely get a lot more followers because I, your attitude is just so on point and just you're casual and you're relaxed and it was kind of funny because you did a post yesterday where you were talking about having some anxiety every once in a while about presenting yourself and from my outside view of that I would have never guessed that at all for you because you just present so well oh thanks Stephen uh it's been a work in progress I got to tell you you know just a little bit of a backstory with the anxiety when I was about 25 you know my anxiety was extremely bad like like i said yesterday in the post uh debilitating where it affected my everyday life um and it was very it was tough and i know there's a lot of people out there that um do have the same struggles and it's still something that people are not willing to talk about so you know now that i've done work for 10 years over 10 years on myself i now feel comfortable sharing my experiences and at the time when it was the worst, I was about 255 pounds. Uh, and I felt like I was going uphill at all times. So, you know, I changed my diet. I changed the exercise. And luckily, you saw my videos and I'm not showing any, you know, it's coming off casual, but it took a lot of reps. You know, one of the things I got from Mark Lack was he told me to start shooting videos every day just to get used to being in front of a camera. and. Mm-hmm. If you watch my first video to the videos you see now, it's almost like a different person, I think, just because of the repetitions. So I just want people to feel comfortable reaching out to me or anyone else uh, to ask questions and feel comfortable talking about mental health, fitness, nutrition, the whole package. Outstanding. Outstanding. So you're working on getting online more and 
you've already said Mark Lack's name, and we've already mentioned Peter Voog by extension a couple of times. Um, you said that you're heading down to one of the inner circle meetings here soon. That sounds really exciting, and you've already been to one before. Yeah, so I went to uh, last month, I went to Mark Lack's, it's called the Velocity VIP event. Nice. So it talks about personal branding, which is huge right now, especially if you want to have a presence online. So he gave us a gr- bunch of great tools about uh, personal branding. And then next week, I'm going to actually, I'm going to California for two meetings. One, I'm meeting up with two guys named the Dynamic Duo, Chris and Eric Martinez. Uh, they're two of the best online trainers in the world. Um, the one thing I've learned, actually, going back to the Game Changers Academy, is that if you want to learn something, just go to the source. Um, mm-hmm. I've read a ton of books, but you, it's hard to know what parts of the book to apply to your life. So if you go to people who have the results you're looking for, man, it cuts the learning curve down in, in half, if not more. So I'm meeting with those guys uh, to talk about online training. And then for the next two days, I'm in the mastermind with Peter Voog, Mark Lack, and Austin Netsley. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing, you know, it's funny. I, I posted a video of the motivational piece about a year ago. And the fact that we're going to be in California together is a little bit surreal, to be honest. Um, you know, I, mean? I love it. Like you post a video and say, hey, that guy's pretty cool. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, wow, we're going to be one on one. And I'm going to pick his brain and try and get everything I can out of that experience. You know, I think it's actually Peter that said this in one of his books, or it might have come off one of his mixtapes where he was talking about echoes of the future. So once you start acting upon a path and you actually, you know, become serious about not just dreaming, but putting the work into making it happen, that those echoes of the future, when, you know, Facebook's great about giving you one year ago reminders, but are you, are you cognizant of seeing how that's beginning to play out in your life? The whole echoes of the future theory? Oh, it's amazing. It's unbelievable, really. Um, <clears throat> I totally agree with that theory. I've never heard of it. So thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, in the last year to six months, I've seriously gotten uncomfortable probably every day. Um, and every time I do that, something great happens. Um, so, you know, I put that energy out there with Peter. And I, you know, it's funny. So I got on the way I got it. I'll give you a backstory. So I listened to mm-hmm. the I listened to the Tim Ferriss podcast, which I'm sure you listen to or have heard of. Um, yep. And Tim mentioned uh, Peter Voog's six months to six figures program on Create Live. So right. I, did, I did Peter's program. It was amazing. Loved it. And then all of a sudden I got, he put out a post for an application to join this uh, mastermind group. One day I just filled it out and kind of forgot about it. Next thing you know, I get an email. And next thing you know, I'm on the phone. Next thing you know, <laughs> you know, like it's just like I said, I put the energy out there and I got uncomfortable. You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, myself included in the past, say, oh, that's not for me. I can't do that. Uh, I could never do that. You know, that's the limiting beliefs. And I just said, mm-hmm. you know, this is something I want to do. And why not me? So here we are. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. So on 
did you just go through the six month to six figure book first, or did you get into the work group and then expanded from there? What was your first encounter with uh, Peter Vogt? Yeah. So the way I got into Peter was I, uh, I did the six months to six figures create live course. Mm-hmm. So out there that's listening that's interested in peter vuger doesn't know much about him i think the course was like 50 dollars, so it's very reasonable oh yeah i mean it's ridiculous the bang for buck is incredible um and then so he does videos and then he'll you can print off pdf worksheets so it's not you know a lot of learning people will just you know talk and you listen and there's no actionable steps right Where, where peter you download the pdfs step by step you lay out what your goals are what you want to and then there's also accountability so it's easy to write your goals down but if you don't say you know in a week i need to get this done you know if you're not really self-motivated it's tough to get it done so his program was just like man it just filled out so many things and like you said it's started in play me eventually working with him which is you know it just kind of happens and it's hard to explain but I think if you put the energy out there and you keep chasing it, it can happen for anyone. You know, I'm not special. I'm just a regular guy um, who's chasing after what I really believe in. And I, one thing I noticed uh, when I was in California at Mark's event is that these super successful people are no different than just regular everyday people. They're just doing it on a different level. And uh, right. that's I mean, that's when it comes down to it. It's like you and I talking right now, talking to Mark Lack. He's not a superstar person. He's just a regular guy who's got, you know, he's dialed in. That's it. I always have fun watching him and Peter interact. And again, also Austin Netsley interact. Those guys just bring such value. And you can just tell once you have watched them enough times that they can't help it that, you know, Peter will schedule a video that's supposed to be an hour long. It turns into two hours just because there's questions coming in and he just can't help but provide value to people. So really, if you're not getting value from them, you're just not asking either the right questions or you're not paying attention. I mean, do you feel the same way about that? I totally agree. Um, You know, like you said, the biggest thing is Peter, they'll give you, those guys will give you the roadmap, but it's just putting it in play. And that's been a big game changer for me is I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've read a ton of books, but I don't always, I haven't always in the past put it into action, but these guys force you to put it in action. And if you don't, they'll call you on it. And it's really nice when you're trying to make big things happen to have someone who is doing what you want to do, who will keep you accountable. And that's, that's what I do with my clients. You know, the biggest thing like nutrition's great. The fitness is great. But what a lot of people are looking for is just accountability and someone to lean on, someone who's been where they've been. Uh, that's huge. But if you don't do the work, you can't expect miracles. You know, oh, when I yes. signed out for the mastermind, you know, is a financial investment. And it's not like you sign up and now, OK, now I'm rich. It's like, no, here's the roadmap. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people want to get they see a program online, they'll buy it and say, OK, cool. Now I'm set. And then it's like, oh, crap, now I got to actually work. So right. I think people should be leery of buying stuff and expecting magic results. It's just not the case. You have to put in the work. 
Well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about the people that keep looking for the golden BB and we can flesh that out some more too. Okay. I appreciate it, Steven. We'll talk. All right. we'll, We'll be right back. And we are back with Mark Nendick. So right before we went to the break, uh, you brought up something that I always get a kick out of, and that's the people that keep expecting that they're going to find, like, what was it that uh, MJ DeMarco labeled it as, like the magic gumball or like that golden BB that they're going to find that solves all their problems, and they don't understand that you have to put the work in. Um, You've noticed that too, I'm assuming. Yeah, so I love the idea of buying a program that's going to get me rich without doing any work. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> but you know, as I've done a few of these programs, I realize that you have to do the work, and it's hard. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of pe- you know, a lot of people aren't doing what they really want to do because, you know, it's overwhelming even for myself to think, man, I got to do all this work. I got to really look inside of myself. You got to find out your why, which is was a big thing for me. You know, why am I doing this business? Why am I spending so much time on it? And uh, once you figure out your why and it's important to you, it's not just about money. It's about a passion. It's about helping people. And it's about something bigger than my a life for my family is very important for me. So it's not about me. You know, once Peter said to me one time, he goes, you know, once you get this ball rolling, it's not about you. It's about helping people and helping, you know, create a lifestyle for you and your family. So, you know, once you get stuck in and you're willing to do the work and then you're part of a community where everyone's doing the work, you know, we can't help but do well. That's my personal experience. So you kind of touched on something there. uh, And so I'll go into that circle of influence. How have you noticed your circle of influence benefiting you? Oh, man, it's unbelievable. You know, when I first started out, I had the ideas in my mind to create this business. And I would tell people about it. And some of the people around me, you know, were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That sounds great. <laughs> but didn't really believe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's if you're not right, you know, I have a good, you know, my my main job I have right now is a great job. It's high. It's well paying, good benefits. So the guys I work with, a lot of them are just comfortable being that guy and are kind of settled in for the next 20 years and just going to do that. And so when you start telling people that you want to maybe change careers and chase a dream, not a lot of people really get on board or they don't really understand. Um, So being around a circle of influence, you know, I've met some great people who are their own bosses. Uh, They create their own schedules. Uh, They have their own employees. They create the culture they want is something that's really exciting for me. Um, so, and then basically I've met, so I met you, you know, I met Tim. There's another lady, Christina Nelson, I met in California. She has seven Pilates studios. She's a rock star and she's just so forthcoming with information and helping and, and I find it really inspiring. You know, a lot of people kind of hold back secrets or like don't want to tell you stuff about how to be successful. But when you get around successful people, they're more than willing to share. There's enough to go around for everyone. Mm-hmm. So circle 
Circle of Influence has been huge. For oh, me. absolutely. I Last week, I had the pleasure of being able to get on the phone with a few multimillionaires. And they, when I had done a few things for them and I didn't ask for anything back. There's no referral fee. There was no ask of equity or anything else, but that I brought just free value forward to them that they then in exchange opened up their mental floodgates on me and just dropped so much beta on me. It was amazing. I mean, I was just like amazed by it. But that's just really the difference that when you find that group of people that are working really hard to be a high achiever versus everyone else in the status quo, that when they see that you're coming value forward to them, that they're like, okay, well, I'll share the most important thing that I have, and that's my time and my brain. And I think that's probably one of the funnest and greatest parts about that whole circle of influence aspect. Yeah, I, again, I totally agree. Um, you know, one thing Mark Lack kind of taught me at the beginning, he talks about, like you said, doing stuff for people and not really expecting anything in return. And and uh, people really respect that. When there's an ask involved in every conversation, it's not a good feeling. It feels weird. And with people that are doing it at a high level, they just seem to be more than willing to share and they want to see people be successful, which is different than what I'm used to. It's more of a cutthroat business, uh, kind of all about yourself. So being around those kind of people and every week I'm talking to more people like that and I just feel drawn to it. So it's just nice, incredible. Nice. Yeah. That's something that I always stress in the leadership and team building courses that I've done in the past is that we rise together a lot of the events and yeah, they're more physical based when we're doing the challenge course, but it teaches the people that are involved that you can't do this by yourself. You need to work with the team. The team needs to work with you. So you each need to find your harmony point and all bring value to be able to get through this. And that carries on so much into business and you can't be the guy on the challenge course being like, okay, help me up over this and then not help anybody else. Because if you do that, yeah. there's a self-democracy that, that develops in the group to where if you're not playing at the right level, that it affects the team building. And you actually will get to what we call storming in that environment to where they actually start to nitpick each other. They're like, come on, get up to speed. Come on. So it's the A players grabbing the D, C, and B players and making them level up so that they can achieve the challenges that I put in front of them. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, you know, you want everyone to be playing on the same level. And if someone is not doing that, and when you're a bunch, around a bunch of genuine people, those kind of people get flushed out fairly quickly. And either they adapt or they just don't make it. You know, so, but if you're around the right people, I feel everyone I've met so far and the people, I think there's about 20 of us that are going to be in California next weekend. I'm expecting everyone to be on the same playing field. And, uh, you know, I'm not as far along as some of the other entrepreneurs, but I've felt no 
sort of snobbery, you know, snobbery or anyone's thinking they're better than me, which is a really nice feeling. You know, there's no hierarchy. It's just like, we're all in this thing together. I made a million dollars last year. You made, Mm -hmm. six. you know what I mean? There's no, it's not a lot of I'm better than you, which is really cool. Um, When, when you find, yeah, yeah, when you find those healthy communities, you know, the really healthy communities, you don't find that snobbish one-upmanship that you find in other places. And that's just always so refreshing because as soon as I encounter something like that from somebody, it turns me off. I mean, it immediately turns me off. I'm not willing to give anymore if they're going to degrade me. I'm sure you're the same way. Oh, I yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, you know, it's, yeah, people, it's like status, like, look at me, I have this, I have that and all that. And it's kind of, like you said, it's a turnoff. And, uh, you know, I think if you're doing well and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you don't really have to talk about it. People are very perceptive and they can tell when someone's striving, doing well, you know, it's, does it's not, you don't have to put up a big flag to say, Hey, look at me, I'm awesome. Um, and you know, I put out a lot of videos recently and the point of those videos is not to say, look at me. It's just to say, you know, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the message. And I think a lot of those guys, they'll put their stuff on the line and say, look, you can do this too, which is uplifting and it's not self-serving. So yeah, I really, you know, that. that, that kind of reminded me of a post I did a little over a week ago where I was on LinkedIn and I said, Hey, so I've either set myself up for a massive failure here, dot, 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 or I set myself up for a massive success here. Now, via the work, we'll see where this turns out. But that's one thing that people that are new to this, and I know you're newer to the program, but there's other people that have just joined that you have to get used to putting yourself out there. Because as much as you're putting yourself out there for a failure, that you're also setting yourself up for success. I mean, those are hand in hand. I mean, you can do all the work, but if you stop doing the work, yeah, you're going to tip over or you set yourself up for that success. You get that goal. Then guess what happens? You have to continue doing the work. Yeah, that's I experienced that. It's funny you said that because... Uh, like I said, Mark Lack challenged me, you know, because it's funny. I had this misconception, to be completely honest with you. I, when I first talked to them on the first, you know, we mm-hmm. had a one-on-one call, uh, or it's called a, a spotlight. Anyways, I was on the spotlight, and I said, you know, I've done all this work. If I just go online, it's going to be huge. And then so Mark Lack kind of laughed at me, and he said, oh, really? So how many videos have you put online? And then I started sinking in my chair because I had done two <laughs> videos. He's like, he's like, how is anyone going to know you're online? You've done two videos in a year. You know what I mean? So that day he said, I want you to do 30 videos in 30 days. And I started the next day and did it. It was very uncomfortable to start. And it was a grind coming up with, you know, if you think about putting out content every day for 30 days, mm-hmm. uh, you know, meals, I did meals, I did fitness, I did motivation. And that's not easy to do, but I grew so much. But getting back to your point is when I was done the 30 videos, it's like, no, okay, I'm not done. Now I'm exactly. doing this. So 
you know what I mean? You got to get over that mental hurdle of like, wow, I did 30. I'm amazing. No, you got to put out three a week. You know, that's what a lot of people recommend. Depends on what your content is. So it's a constant struggle. But I think if you want to get where you want to go, you have to do it and just get over the whole weird part of it. Don't overthink it. You know, someone, me being someone who has been prone to anxiety, people that are anxious tend to overthink mm-hmm. things. And, and I think you can think yourself into doing nothing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced analysis that before, paralysis. Yes. So I've done that before. I'll sit and then I'm like, man, I got to do this and I got to shoot a video. And it's got to, and then I, once I stop thinking and just press record, it just works out. But you can definitely have analysis paralysis and it can kill anything you're trying to do. So to speak to analysis paralysis, and this is definitely throwing myself on my own sword and making fun of myself. But a few years ago, I wanted to start a podcast. Now, the funny part about this was that I figured out exactly what desk I wanted. I figured out exactly what microphone, what other recording equipment I wanted. (laughs) i had all that done i even figured out what office space i wanted to do this in but you know what the funny thing was never recorded a single episode nothing not not even like this never did a single bit of that and i even had a logo that i had designed for me and so when i realized that i had totally put myself into the over planning the analysis paralysis um, and that I needed to pivot away from that. My friend Ryan over at Tripwire Explosives um, actually wired up my logo for me with a bunch of deck cord and blew it up. Wow, that's what a great, uh, yeah, that's, that's an awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just one of those things. It's like, no, I need to put that to bed and be done with it and you know it it was what it was but yeah analysis paralysis is a real thing because so many people that are new to the entrepreneur space if they've never done anything at all like this even if it's as a side gig they they want to plan it out too much to deal with you know unforeseen circumstances that may never arise instead of um you know, Tim Michael and I talked about this when I recorded with him, and I'm sure they've picked on you about this. You don't have to get it perfect. It's sometimes better to go and throw it out half-baked or, you know, three-quarters baked and see what the response is and then adjust from there instead of trying to make something perfect and throw it out. Yeah, that's – I, I want to say congrats. Now you're reporting a, a podcast, so congrats. <laughs> Congrats on getting over that fear and putting yourself out there. It's not easy to do. And so I had the same experience with buying the gym equipment, um, taking the courses, you know, but one thing I did learn is you're never going to know everything before you start. And if you do, you're never going to get started. So, you know, do I know everything about fitness? No. Do I know everything about nutrition? No, but I know enough to help people. And I spend every spare moment I have learning more and I'm getting around people who know more than me to learn more. So I think as long as you're constantly learning and being honest, I think it's not fair to tell your clients or if you work with people that you know everything, it's just not real. And I think people really appreciate an honest 
And if I don't know, I'll find out, you know, that's, hey, man. that's a really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a quick break again and then we'll be right back. And I'm going to ask you some more questions about growth subjects, about you being able to grow into who you are becoming and who you are going to be. Sounds good, Stephen. All right. Talk soon. And we are back with Mark Nendick. Hey, Mark. So what I was trying to say was what other parts of say six months to six figures and there's other groups that are out there but for you specifically what were some of the key things that you learned from six months to six figures as far as result rituals or daily habits or time blocking which were the key things that really helped you move forward that were just almost so simple that you didn't realize you weren't doing them before or were concepts that you may have never have encountered, which ones were that are still really pertinent and congruent to what you're doing now? So, yeah, that's a great question. And that's something I love to talk about because it's changed my life. Literally. Um, First off for me, you know, being a fitness person, uh, exercising in the morning is a daily ritual that I do. Um, I do it every day. I mean, I take one day off a week because I train fairly hard, but I would recommend for people, if you're not a morning person, then do it at night. It doesn't have to be in the morning, but for me, it's just the right way to start the day. Um, And another, one of the biggest things I've learned is writing down what I want to get done for the day. And so what I do is I write a list of the top three things I want to get done in the day in order of priority. Right. And then I'll tackle the first one and I'll tackle it until it's done and then I'll move on. And if there's anything left on my list at the end of the day, that goes to the top of the list the next day. And I do that first. So the way I used to do things is I would have 10 things to do. And my wife is pretty funny. She called me 90 percent Nendik because (laughs) I would do I would do 90 percent of everything and nothing of one thing. You know what I mean? So. I would have 10 things to do and go back to paralysis. I would get overwhelmed with, oh my God, I have 10 things to do, chip away at one, another, another, and not really get anything done. So for me, being as busy as I am and having family and the business, writing stuff down, being accountable. Also, you know, Peter talks a lot about putting a weekly master plan together. So at the beginning of the week, I'll write down what I want to get done for the week. And that way, once it's on paper, or if you want to do, I use Evernote also. Um, Once it's down, I feel like uh, I have to get it done. It's not like one of those things that's roaming around in my head, well, maybe I should do it. I just feel like I have to get it done. And if I don't, it's a failure and I'm not down with it. So, (laughs) you know, so the morning routine for me is the exercise, the writing down my goals, uh, start the day with good food, you know, a big advocate of good nutrition. So good food. And then I think you set yourself up for success. Nice. What other habits or other characteristics that you've picked up from the program that you've put into your, your life that's been really helping you? Uh, Other things that I've done is, you know, I've shared a lot of what I've learned from Peter and I haven't, you know, I don't pretend like it's my stuff. I know I just, but I've gotten so many people onto Peter, Austin and Mark 
um, that now they're all listening to their own podcasts. They've gone down their own rabbit holes. And I think, you know, when you're sharing information with people that are really actually listening, they'll follow the leads that you put them on. And then, so I have friends who are trying to start their own businesses now are trying to help me with my business. So I think just the sharing of knowledge and the excitement towards getting better, we're so like the easy thing for me personally would be to stay in my secure job, live my secure life and not really get uncomfortable. And for me, it's just not, it's not me. I can't do it. So I used to be like that, but just as I've grown up and I've matured, just realized that I want more out of life. So that's, I mean, Peter's advocating for that all the time. Absolutely. So this quick side story to that, you never know who's paying attention to what you're doing. You really don't. Um, an example of that, last summer, a friend of mine, Wayne Stevens, came up to me and all the posts that I do daily with intention of, you know, for myself, it's, it's my motivation post or it's my, you know, morning mantra that I'm putting out there, but that he never interacted with it, never hit the like button, never commented on it, but he was listening and watching to what I was doing and it motivated him to start his own business and he's been doing really well with it since he's done that. So, you know, that sharing aspect, there's an arbitrage there, you know, to take one of Gary Vaynerchuk's favorite words, but that arbitrage is that you probably have 50, a hundred, maybe even a thousand people that are in the wings right now, watching what you're doing right now, Mark, that are getting motivated by it. And you don't even realize that you're helping them move towards their dreams just by you being the awesome you that you are and putting your information out there that you're motivating somebody you're inspiring somebody so that's really a cognizant thing so when you talk about sharing i that comes you know top of mind for me that you don't even know who you're inspiring when you're doing that have you had you know, you already said you had friends that are doing their own business and helping. Have you had any experience with that yet to where someone's come up to you and been like, Mark, you're awesome. I love your message. You are making me do things. Have you run across that yet? You know, it's funny when you, as soon as you said that, you kind of shed the shiver down my spine because, you know, you know, with social media, a lot of it is if you don't see a like, you think no one's paying attention or you don't get as many views as you expected. But actually when I go, you know, I went to a hockey tournament with my son and there was a couple of moms there and they said, Oh my God, I can't believe what you're doing. It's amazing. You know, I'm inspired. We're working out in the hotel gym today and they have never liked, like you said, or viewed my videos or sent me a private message. So it's happening. And then I go to the coffee shop, same thing. Love your videos. So some people don't engage with your content. But it doesn't mean, like you said, they're not paying attention. So, and I know for a fact, people have been, I've been fortunate enough to be a motivating person and help people get moving. And that's what really keeps me moving forward and continuing to get uncomfortable. You know, I did that post yesterday. Mm -hmm. We talked about uh, talked about anxiety disorder. And that for a long time was a secret of mine. And uh, I didn't really feel comfortable sharing it. But now, like, it's bigger than me. And you know, I'm not, of course, I'm not that big of a deal, but you know, if I can even help 
one person feel comfortable going to talk to me or anyone else about it, I feel like that's a win. So I know for sure there's people paying attention who haven't engaged yet, and that's fine. I mean, that's awesome. I just, I feel great that people are actually taking action and making it better. Now, since you touched on that anxiety, I told you this on the telephone when you years ago that I was a singer and, and I was great to practice. I could sing my heart out there. And if we had friends come over, I could sing there. But the first time I actually got on a public stage, I froze. I just had a complete freeze. And the nice thing was that one of my friends jumped up on stage with me and, you know, elbowed me times and he just grabbed one of them and on on the song too and i was able to do a little bit but it blew my yeah so i mean i've had similar experiences where you know it can be debilitating and for a lot of people that's the last time they would really get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. i mean that could be to say you know what singing's not for me i can't do it um and so I've dealt with that plenty of times. You know, I've stood up in front of a group of people, uh, got really flushed and really crippled, and everything I knew kind of went away. And it's like, holy crap, this is, this is ridiculous. So I totally can emphasize or uh, be empathetic to that. And yesterday I was fortunate enough to speak at a local college here. And, you know, it, was a, it wasn't a huge group. There's about 10 people there. But I went up there and I spoke comfortably uh, I feel like I connected with all the people and uh, it was just such an empowering experience to not just give up and say, oh, I can't do that. It's not for me. I have an issue and just continue to push. And, you know, one of the big secrets, I think, for anyone that's listening is repetitions. Uh, I'm sure you know about the value of just doing things over and over and over again. So when you speak, it's something that you've said. This isn't your first time saying it. And same with shooting videos, same with working out, anything. Repetition is everything. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, repetition is key. Uh, I, it makes yeah, all I mean, the difference like in the world. Anything that you want to get good at, uh, that's where a lot of people, if we can switch over to diet a little bit, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. will try and eat well for a week or try and eat well for three days or two weeks. And, you know, you're not 10 pounds lighter and it's okay, well, this sucks. And they stop. And, you know, that's unfortunate because it takes time. You know, if you're going to make a lifestyle change, you just have to be consistent, stick with it, trust the process. And, you know, if I could share anything, I would say, ask somebody who is living the lifestyle you want to live. Like I talked about getting around Peter Voog and the dynamic duos if you see someone who's fit or eats well don't be afraid to just go out and ask them a question i think you people would be surprised how uh, forthcoming people are with information and how excited they would be to share what they know oh absolutely um since you're bringing up the diet uh what type of you know i know that you have a lot of different things that you're trying to expand into but you do diet tips. What are some of the key things that you learned yourself in addition to the, I have to continue doing this? We're, let me get a little better with that question. Uh, 
was it creating a diet for yourself that you enjoyed that was also healthy for you? Or did you run across portions of that when you were trying to tweak your diet to where a lot of the stuff that you were trying just didn't fit your palate yet? I mean, speak to that if you could. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I tried a lot of different things. Actually, when I first started out, uh, I got onto a guy named Brandon Brazer, who's a vegan triathlete. And I tried to do the vegetarian thing for a while. I did it. I lost some weight. Um, but I found I was, you know, I got weak on that. I was running a lot. I ran a lot to lose weight. And when you only run, running is amazing. I love it. Um, but you also lose uh, lean muscle mass. So then I started lifting weights. But to stick with the food, um, I think it took me a long time to figure out what worked for me. And what works for a lot of people is find the meals that you feel you find yourself eating consistently. Like if you like a burger or you like spaghetti, uh, chili, you know, whatever, tacos, there's always a healthy version of that. Um, so if I was going to work with you and I gave you a bunch of food that you don't like, guess what? You're not going to do it. You know, you might white knuckle it for a week or two, but in the end, you're never going to stick to it. So I try and uh, build plans for people around things that they already are eating and just put a healthy spin on it. Um, and I think you got to be realistic and let yourself, you know, have some things that you really like. Uh, don't be too restrictive and make it realistic, you know? No, that's kind of, that's my concept on it. I know there's a lot of fad diets out there. You know, you hear a lot about keto, uh, you hear of all these different diets and I just, I try and do a lifestyle approach. Perfect. You know, so I'm, I'm trying not to lose weight in 30 days. I'm trying to, you know, I'm 40 <laughs> now. Yeah. I'm for, I'm 40 now, but I want to be, you know, I want to be 65. I do running races and there's guys that are in their sixties, women are in their sixties and they're kicking my ass. And I'm like, man, that is amazing. And uh, so I just want to live a long life and I want my clients and friends and family to live long and enjoy life. You know, bringing up the 50 and 60 year olds is awesome because I lived at ski resorts for a lot of my life. And, you know, when you're the young gun on the mountain and you're tearing it up, you think that you're just the man. And all <laughs> of a sudden you watch this person who's what, when I was doing that, I was 20. So these people were twice my age, three times my age, and they would just rock it by me with yeah. no effort so smooth and just thread the needle on something and I realized how much of a hack I was back then and even when just a couple of years ago when I was still up on the mountain at Crested Butte that a lot of the guys that I worked with and I was around like Marco Mark O'Neill and Eric Baum and a lot of the guys like uh I'm forgetting Dave's last name right now um, and Frank coffee that these guys still have 20 years on me in some instances, and they are absolutely kicking my butt for how smooth and how beautiful their technique is. And they can just rock pick their way through some of the sketchiest slopes and they make it look like most people would have a hard time doing on even a simple groomer and these guys just you can just tell that they've skied that a thousand times to speak to your repetition of how beautiful it was to watch 
Yeah, for me, that's super inspiring. I mean, like I said, I've been running at a race and I've been thinking, man, I'm pretty awesome, you know. And then some guy 20 years older than me runs by, you know, looks at me, smiles and just kicks my ass. And I'm like, man, uh, how did he do that first off? And uh, I want to be that guy when I'm his age. You know, I have young kids, 12, 10 and five. And when my son wants to play basketball or wants me to play, you know, I want to be that guy who can go out and do that. So, you know, that's one of my main motivations for doing what I do. And I want, you know, I worked before we got on this call, I had a lady at my house, she's 62 and she's looking to make a lifestyle change. And how inspiring is it for a lady that's been through what she's been through in life and is now wanting to embrace a new lifestyle. So it just, you know, it's amazing. I love it. Nice. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and I'm going to come up with some more picture or questions to pick on you about. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We'll be And we are back with Mark. So I did have something come across my mind. Um, you had made an introduction to a friend of yours after one of our small group masterminds a couple of months ago. And I just wanted to report to that, that he made another introduction to me to another, you know, really awesome guy. And that turned into somebody that was able to help me source, you know, bottle cork label on the project that I'm working on. And I just wanted to let you know that that introduction that you did, that it wasn't the immediate help that you might have thought it was going to be, but that conversation led to another person and led to somebody that was like, I see what you're doing. I'm absolutely on board. Let's make this happen. So I just wanted to make sure that I gave you credit for that because that introduction opened up a door to where I probably wouldn't have gotten there as, as easy. And it was something that was super helpful. And I just wanted to give you a lot of credit about that and make sure that everyone else knew too. Wow. That's awesome. I, I had no idea that happened. So that's amazing to hear. And like you said, it only takes one person to meet that could potentially, you know, lead to something like that. And uh, I think being willing to uh, put yourself out there and, and, talk about what you're into and i know you have i believe you have a tequila business so um i just think it's something like that where it, it's it's evolving there's been some interesting pivots in the last couple of weeks okay fair enough but the fact <laughs> fair enough i got you but the fact that you know a small introduction who i didn't think much of of course and just led to something cool for you is so thank you i appreciate you giving me credit for that Oh, absolutely. So where else, I'm just trying to think, like you've, you've talked about how you time block your day because you have your morning routines as part of your result ritual. We've talked about circle of influence to where you were talking about uh, Mark Lack and Peter. And then you, we've also touched on some other subjects there that, you know, being value forward, um, as Peter likes to say, you know, if you're not making an impact, no one will miss you if you leave. Um, 
what else have you found out of the program or even out of your small groups that have just been really either mind blowing or just that it was rephrased in a way that you might've heard it before, but that, that it finally sunk in and you took action on it. What were things like that that you've discovered here in the last couple of years? Uh, you know, some examples of that are just, you know, a lot of, I did a lot of, you know, Mark, again, the guy calls you out if you, you know, if he doesn't believe something you're saying, he's going to tell you. And so when I first started with these guys, I did a lot of talking like, I hope I can do this. I wish I could do that. Maybe I can do that. And, you know, and I find, you know, if you're saying maybes and I wish, it's not going to happen. You know, so a, another big takeaway is, you know, saying something out loud and really meaning it and really getting after what you want to get. Um, I think you've probably realized in your life, whenever you say, I might do that, basically, you might as well say, I'm not going to do that, you know, so just that's another big takeaway. And, you know, when I was at that event in California, I, you know, the easy thing would have been, we had a long day, a lot of learning, I was tired, I was up in my room with the, my friend that I brought with me. And I got a message from a lady, Christina, I mentioned before to come down and have dinner with the group. And I came down and I had like one of the best nights I've ever had. And I could have easily stayed in my room, but because she is the way she is and because these people were so welcoming and we all shared stories and talked about stuff that you wouldn't normally talk about with strangers, but everyone mm -hmm. was so open-minded and wel welcoming. And so just being around people like that is, has been really amazing. And I'm trying to do that, you know, through those people, I'm trying to do, have those relationships with my friends and people I know, and like we said about sharing, just expose, you know, people don't know what they don't know. So if you've never heard of a mastermind, you've never heard of an inner circle, and it sounds weird, there's something there, I promise you that. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to share and follow through on everything I'm telling myself I can do. Nice. Hey, since you brought up the mastermind and, and inner circle, well, we both have I just finished for the first time Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. What other books have you put into your repertoire or that you've put into your learning cycle that you've found other traction from for yourself? That's funny you said that because, you know, tying it all back. It's so weird uh, tying it back. So there's another lady in this mastermind. Her name's Laurel Roach uh, from Arizona. She owns a big gym there. Very and we're talking about, you know, she's farther along in the game than I am. And she says, you need to download Think and Grow Rich, the audio book, and listen to it every day, all day. <laughs> so that's amazing that you found that book. And I listened to it end to end. And uh, amazing. So, I mean, that's a good one. Another one, I'm not sure if you like Grant Cardone, but I listened to Grant Cardone's Millionaire Booklet. Mm -hmm. You know, he's very sales oriented and money oriented, but... I think there's a lot of truth to what he says. So uh, Millionaire Booklet, Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek was a huge book for me um, because, yep. you know, I write, even myself right now, I'm working 50 hours a week at my regular job and putting in 30 a week in the side business. That's a lot of work. And Tim lays out in that book the systems he used to basically automate his business to where he could travel around the world and still make a check, which is amazing. Um, the Tim Ferriss's four hour work week for me, the first time I 
encountered it, I listened to it and I was not in the right headspace for it at the time. Mm -hmm. But when I revisited it, it allowed me to reconceptualize what I was doing for when I was building out Agave Sun International and building out Raven Rising to where I realized I need to keep this as um, remote working friendly as possible. I need to be able to grab my devices and have a minimal amount of equipment that I haul with me so that I can literally, you know, sit on a beach down in Puerto Vallarta or Cabo. That was one of the key things that I have put into this iteration of what I'm doing now. I, you just made me think that I should probably go back and re-listen to uh, four hour work week again and get, get those nuggets out. Um, how do you revisit the books that you read? I mean, do you go back through them again? Because that's one thing I try to do. I have certain books that I, on a quarterly basis, I listen to again, I use audible and I'm just wondering, do you have any book that you like to cycle through every once in a while to track your milestones or to see changes and also to get renewed perception from it? Yes, I do that. At first, that's something that I've just gotten into recently. Um, I've read, like I said, I've read a ton of books and there's certain ones that, like you said, pull at you and audible for anyone that is not listening to books that way is amazing, you know, because I have a commute to work so i drive an hour each way i will not drive without having a book on or a podcast on um while i'm working i'm listening while i'm doing the dishes you know what i mean um mm -hmm. so if i could pick a couple of books four hour work week is right there uh there's another book extreme ownership by jocko willink who's a, okay. a former navy seal and he talks, yes he talks he talks a lot about leadership and he talks about you know uh, leading from the top you know unfortunately a lot of people in a leadership position blame the people below them for the problem and his philosophy is it comes from the top so in my own business if there's something not working i try and look at myself in the mirror and say you know what it's not the client's fault it's my fault because i led them in the wrong way or so eventually when i do build a team of people i work with i'm going to try and implement uh, his philosophy. So extreme ownership, excellent book. Uh, I also read Tim Ferriss's um, tools of Titans, which is an amazing book. And the cool thing about that book is you don't have to read it cover to cover. So he has, I think it's a, maybe a hundred people in that book and they, he asked them the same five questions and you can find the people that relate to what you're into and read what these high level performers are doing. <laughs> All right. I, I lost you there for a second. And uh, where we cut off was you had just talked about Jocko and you were starting to explain a little bit more about Tim Ferriss and Tools for Titans. Yeah. Sorry there, Stephen. I probably got carried away. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. When I start talking about stuff I'm passionate about, as you know, it's hard not to, it's hard to stop. Um, but Tools of Titans. So that he goes with, there's a hundred performers in that book and he goes one thing that tim is amazing at is breaking down habits kind of like how you asked me my morning ritual um, a lot of those ideas came from all these people you'll find the common commonalities that 
the successful people do. So, I mean, he breaks down everyone. And if you're not into fitness, you're into business or, you know, whatever you're into, there's someone in there for you. So that's another amazing book. Also, you know, to plug our mutual friend, Tim Michael, I just finished Tim's book, The Ten Factor. Nice. Uh, And, you know, Tim kind of did what I'm trying to do is he left the corporate world to pursue his own business, which, I mean, it was inspiring and very cool. So I just read his book. Six Months to Six Figures we talked about. You know, those are some of the main books. There's so many I could talk about, but those are the ones that kind of I keep revisiting. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think I have like, oh, I'm going to guess between five and eight Grant Cordone books in my library right now. And uh, I enjoy those. I probably should revisit those because I just haven't listened to them for a while. Um but yeah, Audible, I have just this incredible library of books that I've built. And, you know, that made me just think of something. Um, and I hear Austin or Peter that had brought this up, that there was a study done on people that they looked at what they had on their phone. And they discovered that people who had more audio books and, you know, motivation videos and that type of stuff on their phone as the preponderance were outperforming their coworkers. And then the other coworkers that had half and half, they were doing good, but the people that only had music and, uh, you know, YouTube, but they weren't watching like business videos that they were watching, you know, just entertainment that those were the lowest performers in their sales groups. So, you know, what else, you know, you're talking about different podcasts that you listen to. What are some of the key things that you keep in place that help you stay dialed on your mission? So to, to break it down where I started, I, I would have to say I started with podcasts um, just because again, you get to listen and I, I multitask. So if I'm working out or if I'm running, I'll listen to a podcast and I kind of got, you know, much and you're just doing what you're going to do anyway. So like I said, I, Tim Ferriss, I listened to the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, Joe Rogan doesn't always, the cool thing about podcasts is you don't have to listen to them one to a hundred. You find people that resonate with you and, and follow that person. And then that led me to Jocko uh, I listened to Peter's podcast. I listened to Tony Robbins podcast. Uh, Tony Robbins, to be honest with you, at first I thought it was just frou-frou. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, when I was younger and a little bit immature, I thought I didn't think much of Tony. And and now that I've gotten into his stuff, I've read two of his books about money. And I learned a lot about money in those books. And, you know, so these all lead to other things. So to to your point, to stay dialed in, when I feel like doing nothing is usually when I start doing something. Uh, it's so easy to get lazy. I don't have cable anymore. I'm just, you know, my wife and I, my wife is doing her master's. You know, we're just trying to get as, and be the best we can possibly be. So podcasting, audio books, real books, uh, those keep me on track. Nice, nice. Um, I brought this up. I think it was when Marcus Aurelius Anderson was on with me that there are statistics out there that the average American, and I don't know if this applies to the Canadians as much, 
but the average American watches between 40 to 80 hours of television a week. Oh, that's ridiculous. Wow. That's, that's huge. I'm, I mean, in Canada, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same. Um, you know, and that's another thing I run into a lot. I, a lot of people say they don't have time, you know, I don't have time. I can't do it. But what I'll do for certain people is we'll break down the day. And all of a sudden you find a gap of four hours of nothing, you know, watch, you know, half hour sitcoms or, and I'm not against watching TV. Like I'm not going to bash TV, mm-hmm. but I think for me, what I like to do is get all my work done. And at the end of the day, if I need to turn my brain off because I'm switched on a lot, um, I'll spend an hour or 40 minutes watching a show, but I treat it like a game. I um, like a reward system. If I don't feel like I did what I needed to do for the day, I just, I won't do it. Uh, And I think a lot of people, if they really wrote down what they do in a day, there's a huge gap and there's a lot of time for, you know, I built my side business in my spare time. Basically, Uh, I started off reading on my breaks at work and that's where the whole, I did my personal training course on my breaks, you know, in the evenings. So there's time. You just have to put in the work. That's beautiful that you say that. Um, yeah, the one of the key things a long time ago, I used to watch a lot of TV. And then I got to the point where we actually got rid of cable to the house. So then at that point, the only time that we watched anything was it was specific. Like we would find it on our Roku or via the computer and we'd watch that specific thing. And what I found that when I'm not being forced the agenda or the schedule of a TV channel, I gravitate to a ton of documentaries. And that way, it may not be on point with what I'm trying to accomplish in my business, but that I'm constantly trying to enrich my brain to think of things at a higher level. Um, but I do have to admit that when Game of Thrones is happening or The Walking Dead, that those two, I, I do make time for those. And I used to have a couple of more shows, but I've been weaning those off bit by bit because it's like I, I see how easy it is to get back in that cycle. And so I try to keep myself just down to a couple of shows and yeah, Shark Tank. The Shark Tank's way too easy for me to get addicted to. Yeah, so I, I again, Game of Thrones, yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely not preaching don't watch TV, but I'm preaching, you know, limit it. And the nice thing about not having cable is you're not subject to commercials and all the other things that go along with it. If you streaming something, you know, you get 45 minutes of what you're doing. And you can move on. Um, I don't pay attention to a lot of mainstream media. I find a lot of it is negative or has a negative spin on it. Or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I try and I focus on what I want to focus on. And I don't, I try not to let anything else uh, get into my head that it doesn't need to be there. Oh, yeah. I, I used to just be a news junkie. I self-admitted news junkie and watched way too much Fox and CNN in the past. And once I broke away from that, 
it's amazing how much independent thought that you get for yourself. You're not following anybody else's agenda. You're making up your own mind about how you feel about something. And there's incredible growth there. So much growth. Well, I find when I get to work sometimes or I go meet people, the first thing to start a conversation is, did you see in the news what happened to the, did you see this happen? Did you see about all those people died or the hurricane or, you know, the financial crisis or, and that's real stuff. And I totally understand it, but to be inundated with it daily is, is so hard to get, you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't want to go there every day. So there's, I think there's a time and a place for that information, but for me, I try and live in my happy bubble of <laughs> uh, a little bit of reality and a little bit of just, you know, that's why listening to podcasts and reading books, you know, you can go in whatever direction you want and you're not, it's not dictated to you, which I really like. I think that you, you'll probably identify with this too, that when you break out of that, that you find other parts of life that if you were stuck watching the news cycle, you wouldn't experience, like you wouldn't notice, hey man, it's a beautiful sunny day outside. I need to get out there and take advantage of it. Or, you know, different aspects of life like that, where there are people that, man, this is just relevant to uh, the Boy Scouts of America, that we had a couple of parents that took their child out of a Boy Scout troop because the meetings were on Monday night and it was interrupting their ability to watch Monday night football. So that kid is not able to participate with the troop because of their TV watching and their football. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's unbelievable, man. I just can't even, you know, I promised myself I would not be that kind of parent. And uh, unfortunately the priorities are just not right. I mean, the kids got to come first. There's PVRs record the game let your kids do what they need to do, you know? So that's unfortunate, but that's just, you know, unfortunately it goes back to a little bit of laziness, a little bit of comfort. You know, this is what I do. I drink my beer and I watch my game and uh, it's just not me, man. It's not, <laughs> I just don't think it's, you know, there's one of these things that I use a lot of in my personal life is I always say, is this helping me or hurting me? So this can go with food. You know, if you're going to eat something, you know, be cognizant of what you're eating. And then you think to yourself, is this helping me or hurting me? And it's pretty obvious when you put it that easily. And it's like, no, it's not helping, you know? So is, you know, whatever you can apply that to anything is taking my son out of boy scouts so I can watch football, helping him or hurting him or her. The answer is pretty obvious to me. So. Yeah. I, I can completely identify with that. Um, key challenges. Like you were talking about that, what, 5K that you were pushing the stroller with a Frappuccino in one hand. Um, yeah. What other life challenges did you have? Because I know everybody comes from somewhere and we all go through something at different points in life. What were, you know, maybe a couple of hurdles for you that, you know, finding a grounding point in your life that helped you jump up to where you are today do you have anything like that in your past to where you use gratitude to reflect on it and you're appreciative of it even if it was a bad thing and but you still move forward well, i mean do you have that type of experience i'm pretty sure everybody does um 
Do you have 10 hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I definitely, um, I definitely, you know, my childhood was, was tough. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, you know, there was some alcohol abuse in my house, uh, some mental abuse. I grew up in a single family home. Um, and my mom did everything she could to help, but it was just not a healthy environment. And then, you know, my friend actually told me one time that we spend our twenties getting over our childhood. <laughs> so, you know, so as soon, as soon as I got out of, you know, away from the house, I started to drink and party and, you know, it was fun at start. And then I got a little bit carried away to be honest. And, uh, I was a binge drinker. So, when I started drinking, I would drink until it was no more left to drink. Um, so I've been sober for six years. Nice. Personally. And that was, that was really, for me, that was a really a turning point in my life. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I Googled binge drinking to see if it was actually a form of alcoholism and it is. So anyone that every Friday night or Saturday night drinks till oblivion, I mean, you have to be real with yourself and that's, it's a problem. Um, and I had kids and growing up around that environment myself, I just decided it's not going to be my life. Um, nice. So for me, I mean. And we. And we are back with Mark Nendick. Sorry about that unexpected break there. I might have had a signal drop from Verizon. No problem, Stephen. It's all good. You know, I just wanted to. I have a chance to finish my thought on, you know, we were talking about the quitting drinking. Oh, go for it. Absolutely. Okay. I uh, just wanted to reel it back a little bit. When I was about 25 years old, my wife or my now wife and I were dating and uh, we got to a point where she said, either you get it together or we're done. And, um, and that was for me, that's probably been the biggest moment of my life where I decided to, we moved away from the city where I grew up to really give ourselves a shot and reinvent ourselves. So my wife has been patient. She's seen me at my best. She's seen me at my worst and has always been supportive. So man, without her, I don't know where I would be to be honest. So I just want to give her credit and having faith in me to get where we're at now. So anyways. No, no, that's, that's, Perfect. I'm glad that you touched on that. So did you notice that changing your environment from where you used to live to where you live now, did that also have a bunch of other well-intentioned consequences that worked well for you? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when we moved from where we both grew up, we moved not to a place where we are now. We moved to a different city, but we didn't know anybody and we were forced to get to know each other for, for real and uh we were broke we had no money we didn't have you know money our families aren't wealthy so we had to make it on our own and there was a point where you know i was making 590 an hour and my wife was working part-time we were broke man and i remember one time just to, i don't want to go too deep into it but we were shopping for food with a gift card that we got for christmas for a gas station you know we were buying sandwich meat and bread and you know so we started with nothing and we've just really put our heads down and just continued to not accept being average and uh it's it's paid off mm -hmm. you know i keep talking about it but hard work is you know for me is everything well you know that's a theme of the 
mastermind group that we're part of too. So that just makes sense. You don't get in there if you just have wants and wishes. You actually have to be determined to be able to be accepted into the group. So that that's a major aspect of participation there. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I think when I first started in the mastermind, this is just my perception of when I first started in the master room, mastermind group, uh, Peter, Austin, and Mark do a feeling out process to see what you're all about and if you're actually committed. And as the calls have gone on, we've lost certain people along the way. Um, and on the one of the last calls I was on, there was about six of us there. And they all said to me personally that we know you're willing to do the work. And that was a breakthrough moment for me because, you know, I got some uh, credit from the guys who I'm mentoring under and they recognize that hard work is being done. So, you know, that was huge for me as confidence boost and just, you know, how important it is when someone you look up to acknowledges what you're doing and what you're doing is right and you're on the right path. Oh, that's the truth. It, and that's a, a circles it back to circle of influence to where you have to have people that acknowledge that what you're doing is having an impact and also be like you said with Mark Lack that he'll call you out that to where they're able to call you out and say, Hey, so I noticed you haven't done the work here, but that they're doing it to help you level up where a lot of people just give you crap to make themselves feel better and don't care about your feelings. So that is an integral part of a lot of the things that you and I have been doing. Yeah, I agree. And, it's interesting at the beginning, you know, they, they were pretty clear about we're not here to make friends. You know, we're, we're here to, we're not going to be your buddies. We're pushing you to your greatness. And, you know, that was important too. You know, it's you, when you meet people that you only know from Instagram, it'd be pretty easy just to be a fanboy and say, wow, this is amazing. I'm talking to Peter, but Peter could care less about all that. He really wants people that want to be successful. He wants to push them to success and not just be buddies. You know, it's like, like you said, Mark can be real with me. And if you're willing to take ownership, like I talked about Jocko, if Mark says you're not doing something and I look at myself in the mirror and realize, yeah, you know what? He's right. And either you do it or you don't. And I think I've luckily I've been able to continue to do it. So, and I'm sure you're in the same, nice. you wouldn't be talking if you weren't doing the same thing I'm doing. So good for you. It, there's definite challenges. I mean, I'm not going to lie about that. And it, I, I know that I picked myself a interesting niche to wedge myself into, but I see what the long view turns into. And I've been doing different things daily to improve my standing. It's just a long road. One of my friends said from the get-go, he's like, you do realize that you will be looking at a three-year period of a lot of struggle before you really find the traction that you like. And so I took that at face value. It's like, wow, okay, then I know that I have a lot of work to do. I need to make sure that I'm in the right environment. And I've sidetracked a couple of times and it, it's a pain, but at least I, I, I cycle certain things through so that I realize it's like, okay, like you said, is this helping me or is this hurting me in the beginning? It helped. Now it's hurting. 
So where do people find you? If I want to say, hey, I want you to go find Mark Nendek, he's got it going on and he's got a great online fitness program and he's doing coaching for you. Where do I send people to find you? Uh, I appreciate you saying that. Um, so a lot of my content is on Instagram and it's just Mark underscore Nendik. Pretty simple. I'm on Facebook, Mark Nendik. I have a, a fan or um, a business page under my name, Mark Nendik. Uh, it's PFN Coaching with Mark Nendik. Um, I also have a website, uh, marknendik.com. It's not completed yet. It's in the process. You know, I've had a lot of changes in the last six months, so it's a work process. As you know, it's, you know, it's funny. You, you talked about having everything perfect before you launch. Well, if I waited to build a website and build a perfect Instagram account and perfect videos, I probably never would have started. So a lot of my stuff is work in progress, but it's real. I can tell you that. Everything I do is real. If there's no fake anything. So, um, but to any of your listeners or anyone out there that just wants to talk or ask me a question, just reach out. It doesn't, there has to be no financial exchange. I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. And if I can help in any way, then I'm happy to do it. Outstanding. So have you thought about a book? Is there a book creeping around in the back of that brain of yours that you're thinking about at all? You know, you know, what's funny is there really is, um, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, is my story interesting enough to be a book? And my life, I have. So many, I think so. Yeah, I have so many stories I could tell you uh, about my early life and some of the crazy things I did while I was drinking. And and it's all relevant. It's not just for the hell of telling a story. It all circles back to, you know, it's a success story, I think, from really struggling to really down and out to doing 10, 12 years of really hard work to getting to a point now where I feel like I'm going to break out into the next phase of my life. And I would love to share that story with people. I know people could relate. And like I said to you before, if it could inspire someone to do the same thing, it's all worth it. So definitely I've thought about it. Outstanding. About it. Outstanding. I'm surprised Austin hasn't picked on you about that yet. Well, it's on the, trust me, he's. I told him when I first met him, I said, there might be a book in here, Austin. So you never know. And <laughs> um, another thing actually that I've kind of fallen in love with recently is speaking. You know, it's weird how I told you I was scared to talk. And now I've done three talks in the last month. And I just think talking about something you really care about and I can see people relating and making a change. That's another avenue that I hope I can build on and start small and just chip away. You know, going back to Tony Robbins, I listened to a, when I read one of his books and he told, he said he did probably a thousand speeches in front of 10 people before he did one big one. You know, even if you're talking to three people, you're practicing until you get your chance to, to really talk to a lot of people. So I'm just doing reps, man. I'm trying, going back to the reps. I'm just, Honing my craft. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to wrap it up at this point. Everybody, this was Mark Nendick. And if you wanted to know how to spell his last name, that's N-E-N-D-I-C-K. And he might chuckle at this. I made it through an entire interview with a Canadian without making one moose or beaver joke. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> you know what's funny is, 
I've been to the States a bunch. And the, do you live in an igloo or, you know, is it cold? There <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, Canada is a huge country, man. I would love it for you, for you or anyone like Vancouver, where I grew up, is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, I think. I've been to Europe. I've been to Australia. I've been all over. And seriously, Vancouver is amazing. So, but I, awesome. I just want to say thank you to you, Stephen, for giving me this opportunity to speak. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you more and, and hopefully helping each other out. Not a problem. Not a problem. And I'm so grateful to have you on here. It was just a pleasure to have you here. And uh, we'll have to pick on some other people like Tim Michael, obviously, because there was a lot of name dropping that we'll have to tease them about. <laughs> All right. Mark, you have a wonderful day. Good luck on you, your upcoming mastermind down in San Diego. That sounds phenomenal. And you know me. If you need anything, just reach out to me and ask me, and I'll help you as I can. Yeah, I just I love being around people that are so willing to share. And, uh, again, I appreciate what you're saying. If I could say one parting thing, um, anyone mm -hmm. thinking about personal development, just do it. You know, don't think about it. Do it. It's changed my life. I'm sure it's changed your life, Stephen. So if you're thinking about it, do it, start. And that's the last thing I got to say. About it. Amen to that. Yeah. All right, Mark, you have a wonderful day. And thank you so much for being here. Okay, talk soon. All right. See ya. everybody thank you very much for joining us for the interview mark nendick was great he sent me a text immediately after the interview saying i thank my wife <laughs> i love it and so if his wife listens to this entire podcast realize that was the first thing that he did as soon as he got done that says so much about him i absolutely loved having mark on today so much value, so much quality. Absolutely look forward to having him back in the future. I see many good things coming from him. And it was just a lot of fun. All right, everybody, make sure you share this. Make sure that you send comments in. You can either do that through the Anchor app. You can reach out to me on any of my social media. Find me either on Raven Rising or Agave Sun International. You can also reach out to Mark Nendick directly. He gave you all of his information there on the last segment. So he is just a wonderful person to work with. If you're looking for a physical trainer, a diet coach, or just an all-around awesome guy who has been there and has come through it and become just a phenomenal person, Mark Nendick is absolutely, absolutely somebody to pay attention to. Again, I see so much good coming out of him in the future. Thank you very much for listening to episode 12 of the Raven Rising podcast. This is Stephen James Peterson, and until next time, thank you.